Hello and welcome back to In Bed with Lucy Season 3, the raw and uncensored place where we are free to discuss the nitty gritties of the adult industry. Now I just need to quickly run through my disclaimer. Everything I discuss is of my own opinion and it does not reflect on the community at large as everyone experiences sex work differently. This podcast is rated R18+ and may contain explicit language and make references to sexual assault, drug and alcohol, self-harm, domestic violence, and other triggers not limited to the previous mentioned. If this doesn't fit, then please kindly stop now. For the rest, your exits are here, here, and here, so make sure to keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times, and let's put this baby in D for drag and let's go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How have we all been? Today's episode will be on horophobia. So what is horophobia and what does it look like? Well, I'm going to discuss some very serious issues with horophobia and identifying a few things that make someone horophobic. But rest assured, I'll also discuss what you can do to be more self-aware and initiate change within our local communities. Please note that I have put my references for my information in my bio. So if you would like further information, please don't hesitate to hit the links. Okay, so what is horophobia? Horophobia is the hatred of, oppression of, violence towards, and discrimination against sex workers and people in the adult industry, and by extension derision or disgust towards activities or attire related to sex work. Treating sex workers with suspicion, disgust, extreme violence, and erasing their experiences has a long history. Sex workers are used to being a scapegoat, to being shunned even by those who claim to stand up for women. So that was the definition that I found on horophobia, but let's try to like simplify that a little bit more I guess it would be everyday discrimination and disrespect and disgust towards people of the adult industry. If you have ever felt, I guess, somewhat uncomfortable or even angry towards someone once finding out that they're a sex worker, I think that you really need to look at yourself and reassess exactly what you believe in because, yeah, that's just weird. What are some examples of horophobic behavior? Okay, so examples of both explicit and implicit horophobia can be found everywhere from the use of whore as an insult and stigmatizing pole dancers and adult adult in <laughs> let's try that again. And stigmatizing pole dancers to police brutality, serial killers, cultural norms, and healthcare. But there are so many other areas in which people from the adult industry have to endure horophobia. Harmful stereotypes such as fishnet stockings, red lipstick, pleaser heels, smokers and drinkers, skimpy clothes with arse and breasts exposed, drug users and abuse victims. Assumptions that they all have kids in docks. I've written a list of a few statements that people make that are horophobic. So I believe, you know, if you want a true example of what horophobia actually is, let's give you 
serious. So these are things that I've actually been asked. And I know that a lot of people in my industry have been asked this also. So hang tight because the list is long. (laughs) Do you pay taxes? Do you have superannuation or savings? How many people do you have sex with a day? How many times do you have sex with a client in X amount of time? Is your job even legal? Do you have a partner and how do they feel about your job? Does your family know what you do and how do they feel about your job? How much money do you make? How many clients do you see in a day? Are you open with your job with your doctor? Do you use condoms with your clients? Do you let them come inside you? Are you on drugs? You must work only at night and on weekends. Have you got STIs? Are your kids with docs? Name calling someone? Like things like whore, slut, prostitute, dirty, unclean, diseased, junkie, victim, abused. Jokes about being targets to serial killers. You may think that these statements that I just mentioned in point form to you, you'd think, oh, who says that? Dead set, I guarantee you, every single one of those questions has been asked by a sex worker. Or even if you're looked up and down or treated like you are unclean or dirty or that you're a drug user. You see, all these statements make someone horophobic. Do you pay taxes? Do you pay taxes? If you had a business, would you pay taxes? Is tax not paying tax illegal? So why is it that I'm a sex worker that you feel the need to ask me whether I pay taxes or not? None of that is of any of your... Would you ask someone that owned a cafe, would you ask them if they pay taxes? No, I don't think so. Do you have superannuation and savings? The assumption that we have lack of responsibility because that is what the core statement is here. So asking someone if they have superannuation or savings is actually basically saying, are you responsible? Because you can't be responsible. Like if you're a sex worker, would you have superannuation? Do you have savings? Oh, I'm sorry. If I was, say, I own a clothing shop, would you ask me the same motherfucking question? You would not. How many people do you have sex with a day? (laughs) Do you ask a hairdresser how many clients they see in a day? No, I didn't think so. How many times do you have sex with a client in X amount of time? I don't ask you about your job and how long it takes for you to write a letter to the manager, Karen. I I don't give a fuck. Your job is your job. Why do I give a shit about your logistics? Is your job even legal? Motherfucker, that's why Google exists. You you Google it. Make it your friend. It's not your enemy. Do you have a partner and how do they feel about your job? How is my relationship status any of my work concern? So what does my relationship status have anything to do with my job in any situation? You being a a dropkick Does that affect you having a relationship? How does your partner feel about you being a dropkick? Like you weren't just dropped on your head, buddy. You were fucking king hit and fuck a soccer goal straight into a fucking goal. Like, fuck me. Does your family know what you do and how do they feel about it? Again, does your family know what you do and how do they feel about it? 
Like, if you're a, a lawyer, like, how do they feel about you being a, a lawyer? Like, what's their feelings about it? And how is that relevant to you doing your job? And what's it relevant in any situation? Right? Yeah, cool. How much money do you make? Go fuck yourself. In what situation is it ever okay to ask for some how much money someone earns? How fucking rude. Put your manners back into place. Don't ever ask someone how much money they earn. That is so fucking rude. Ask you how much you earn. How much savings you got superannuation. Show me how responsible you are. How many clients do you see in a day? Including your dad? I don't know. How many? As many as I fucking feel the need to. I don't ask. Anyway. Are you open with your job with your doctor? What's my relationship with my doctor got anything to do with you and got anything to do with my job? So, I don't know. Explain yourself. I'll wait. (laughs) Do you use condoms with your clients and do you let them come inside you? Okay, you're fucking disgusting. Get the fuck in the bin, you gross motherfucker. Asking questions like that is disgusting and you should be fucking ashamed of yourself and you should seriously go look yourself in the mirror and think to yourself and readjust your attitude. Because dead set, I would, I would dead set slap you in the face if you ever, if anyone ever asks me that. I will dead set slap you in front of your fucking mother and I'll send her flowers like I just attended your funeral. You feel me? Are you on drugs? Well, the assumption that every sex worker must be a drug user is literally the most harmful and a very dangerous stereotype and assumption to make about someone. That's really huge. And to assume that to be a sex worker, you have to be a drug user. Honestly, like how many bad movies have you watched from Hollywood? You know, you've obviously been influenced by too much American TV. Like I don't understand why and not necessarily just american tv australian tv too because i know a lot of australian shows that have actually portrayed a lot of sex workers in an extremely disgusting line they should be truly ashamed of themselves but yeah the assumption that someone that does sex work is always on drugs is really embarrassing for you you must work only at nights and on weekends okay fair enough i totally understand where people get that assumption because a lot of people do actually only work at nights but you know what a lot actually work during the day too myself i only work during the day to work at night i need some notice i need to nap through the day i'm a nana you know what i'm saying like i'm, I'm not pulling all-nighters anymore i need a, a nap through the day you know so no don't make the assumption that all sex workers and anyone in the adult industry only works at night yeah there are people that work at night what do they do during the day anyway you have got stds well so do you when was the last time you had your sti test fucking karen huh oh so before you were married how long you've been married 45 years and you're guaranteeing that your husband's not cheating on you bitch you could have possibly had chlamydia this whole time and not even know because apparently you're more clean than i god bless God bless. God fucking bless. Are your kids with docs? (laughs) That's my faves. Bitch, do I look like I've had a baby? Like, I don't know if you've seen any of my photos or if you've dabbled on my website or even if you're one of my VIP members on my content sites, you've definitely seen my body there. But yeah, all I'm saying is, do I look like I've had kids? 
I'm pretty tiny and if I was to carry kids, I would like to think that I'd have some type of evidence. But anyway, the assumption that every sex worker's kids are in docks is another very dangerous, uh, unethical stereotype to project on adult industry workers, which is just another stigmatized comment. And yeah, it's fucked. And I don't even have kids and I have people telling me, oh, no wonder your kids got taken off you onto docks. I'm like, really, where are these kids and what's their name? Because I don't even know when their birthday is and was. Who's the father? I want to know who the father is. So tell me. <laughs> like an idiot. So name calling things like whore, slut, prostitute, dirty, unclean, diseased, junkie. All these harmful, harmful name calling is just ways for people to derogatize things that they are possibly jealous of or possibly feel like they want to do and they can't because they don't have the confidence or reap the confidence that's required to be a sex worker. But name calling is quite prominent when it comes to people that are horophobic of people in the adult industry. I like to reclaim the word. I don't like personally, if someone was to call me these names in disgust, I would probably do things to, I guess, egg them on. Things like, well, that's not what your dad said last night or, you know, whatever. But things like whore, I don't mind calling myself a whore. I don't mind calling myself a slut. I don't really mind using the word prostitute. However, the word prostitute is quite stigmatized and I know a lot of people don't like the use of the word. However, for some reason, I've actually never really um, felt uncomfortable with the word prostitute because to me, it is just a word like describing something I don't to me it didn't feel like it was a derogatory comment if someone called me a prostitute I'd be like postman <laughs> like I don't know I'd be pointing out the obvious what's your occupation like sex worker is obviously the most preferred um I guess uh identifying way that you should really refer to us but you know in the end of the day people are always going to try and use words in order to put other people down that they're not comfortable with, which kind of reflects poorly on them because it means that they're not comfortable with themselves. Jokes about being targets to serial killers. Now, this is quite common where a lot of people will make jokes about sex workers being murdered or, you know, the way they're murdered and things like that. You know, it's really... I don't understand how making a joke about a nurse getting killed on the job is even funny or a doctor or a policeman, or an ambulance officer. I don't understand how anyone on their job getting killed is funny. So I found this article, which I have referenced in my bio, about this cam worker named Eden Alexander, and it was documented by Laurie Penny from Robo Hugs. So basically how the article goes was Eden Alexander was a cam girl and porn performer working in the USA. In the early spring of 2014, Alexander went to the doctor after a really bad reaction to some routine prescription medicine. Because she is a sex worker, the doctor allegedly dismissed her initial symptoms as evidence of drug use. In fact, Alexander had a skin infection, which left untreated, ran rampant through her body, triggering an existing thyroid condition and sending her into a coma. By the time this was discovered, it was almost too late. Alexander's organs were beginning to fail and the infection had spread to her heart and lungs. Luckily, she survived. 
but her slow recovery has left her in a great deal of pain and unable to work facing rent arrears and medical debit. Because she is a sex worker, Alexander, like many others, has been used to being a scapegoat, to being shunned even by those who claim to stand up for women. So we had Kitty Stryker, it was a writer and friend of Alexander, has also done a crowdfunding site for her to help her pay for her bills. But because she is a sex worker, Alexander is no doubtedly also used to being told to find another job and a more respectable job. But when they try to make money outside of the adult industry, the same stigma works against sex workers, preventing them from accessing any other form of support, even life-saving medical treatment. That sex work taints you for your life has nothing to do with the nature of the work and everything to do with the nature of prejudice. Porn and prostitution are often discussed as academic issues as if the people involved in their production were not real workers struggling to survive. But to those living this reality, to the people for whom the adult industry is not the monster under the bed, but the roof over their heads, the community they work in, these matters are fundamental. It is a question of agency of who is permitted to be a human, to own their sexuality, to use it without shame, and sometimes it is a question of life and death. One of the key demands of early feminists around pornography and prostitution was that cultures remember that real bodies and real lives were involved in the production of adult content. Today's activists and allies would do well to remember that in a different way. There are real lives and real bodies at stake when companies and governments scapegoat the sex industry for moral posturing when sex workers and their friends and families are dismissed and debased and refused vital services. You see, that's only one story that I found on the internet. I would like to also talk about my personal horrorism that I have experienced as a sex worker. So when I first started in the sex industry, I knew factually that my job was legal in New South Wales and it was decriminalized. And I knew what my legal rights were and I knew that my business was legal and it was as legal as a cafe. So anyway, the discrimination that I have received personally is I have been blacklisted by all the real estates in Wollongong because I am a sex worker. So they make the assumption that obviously if I need housing, that because I'm a sex worker, they immediately discriminate me. And it's actually, I've heard that real estates legally can remove you for being a sex worker. You can fight it, which I personally would, I would take it to the uh, tribunal. However, the personal discrimination that I've got is that my personal details were handed around illegally through to real estates in order to be horophobic towards me um, needing accommodation and rentals. So the horophobia that I got from real estate agents was so bad that I will actually purposely make sure that I actually will not do business with them and I have intentions to buy multiple properties. And I'll be making sure that I don't make any of the sales through these said real estates. 
I've also received discrimination personally from financial providers, which is a credit card facility. My bank, I would really like to mention who they are. They are definitely a mainstream bank, but they have personally discriminated me because they said I'm not allowed to have credit card facilities for my clients to be able to pay because they see my job as actually what the letter wrote was when you decide to change your business, let us know and we'll reevaluate. So they didn't say that they wouldn't do business with me. They just said, when you decide to change your mind, then we'll let you know if we will give you credit card facilities. So my bank has formed huge uh, horophobic measures, which is really, really fucking sad. And the other horophobic things is maybe other people looking at me with the disgust. So they obviously probably know who I am. They may see me in public. They may even know who I am and possibly went to school and jealous of me. And yeah, just general horophobia that I would experience in my day-to-day life. So I could just be shopping in my tracky dacks and a jumper and I will have someone. They project their uh, their horophobia on me, which sucks, but that's life. So what can we do all as a community to initiate change? Well, basically sex work is work. Just keep saying that fucking statement over and over in your head until you normalize it. Society as a whole needs to recognize that the sale and purchase of sexual acts between consenting adults literally is none of your business. In fact, it sounds kind of snobbish of you to turn your nose up to or even feel the need to pass judgment on a person for engaging in the adult industry. Like, don't you have anything better to do? Normalize asking for someone's profession and hearing that they are in the adult industry without passing on your own insecurities onto them or making unnecessary comments that she's just not called for. Don't say horophobic things. Be well, be a lot more self-aware of what kind of stereotype you are putting on anyone in any field. Community matters. Solidarity, Solidarity matters. Cultural violence can be resisted. Maybe not every day, but there are days when resistance is possible. It would be fantastic if today could be one of those days. I know I've kind of somewhat wrapped up the episode, but after recording this, I have actually found an article in The Guardian that I found very applicable to this episode. So I will put a link to this article in my bio, but I just want to quickly read it out to you and just give you a quick briefing, even though it kind of I've already gone through it all systematically, like what it is, what is horophobia, examples of it, and how do we become better people in society. But this article is really good. So just give me a moment and I'm going to run it through with you. So the article from The Guardian says, horophobia can be defined as the fear or the hate of sex workers. Sex workers would argue that it also embraces paternalistic attitudes that deem us a public nuisance, spreader of disease, offender against decency, or unskilled victims who don't know what is good for them. In its most violent form, horophobia does kill. Sex workers are far more likely to be murdered than the rest of the population. However, it would be a mistake to think that sex workers are the only targets of these murders. 
Attackers often target sex workers because they look like easier prey. Sometimes it's only once a non-sex worker is killed that the police take an investigation seriously. Until sex workers are safe, no woman or person is safe. If men are the only ones who attack physically, women are sometimes actually more prejudiced than men against sex workers. In most languages, the most common sexist insults are whore or slut, which makes women want to distance themselves from the stigma associated with those words and from those who incarnate it. The whore stigma is a way to control women to limit their autonomy, whether it is economic, sexual, professional, or simply freedom of movement. Women are brought up to think of sex workers as bad women. It prevents them from copying and taking advantage of the freedom sex workers fight for, like the occupation, necorical, and public spaces, or how to impose a sexual contract in which conditions have to be negotiated and respected. Horophobia operates as a way of controlling and policing women's behavior, just like homophobia does for men. One solution would be to reclaim the insult. Yet some people would be criticised by the rest of the feminist movement in 1970 for its slogan, all women are prostitutes. It was indeed misunderstood. Despite being a beautiful effort to unite sex workers and other women to identify them as similarly, similarly oppressed and sexually and economically exploited. The first step in the fight against horophobia is to name the oppression. Feminist theories help to identify it as the intersection of gender, class, and sexuality. A further step would be to fight the hate crimes sex workers suffer instead of criminalizing us. And on that note, I shall bid you all farewell. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed your stay and I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Don't forget to follow my Facebook page, In Bed With Lucy. And I also have an Instagram and my handle is I love Lucy Wollongong, one word. I also have a Twitter account, Lucy Price AUS, one word. Until then, stay safe, be true to yourself and always be kind to others.